Freshman GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has officially filed articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, citing his time as VP and alleged abuses of power. Things like the Burisma scandal, where his son served on the board of an energy company and then Joe Biden got a prosecutor fired who was actively investigating that energy company. Or there's also the scandal with China and Tony Tony Bobulinski. The Bidens have been accused of a lot over a long period of time, and we learned after the election there's actually an active investigation into his son and brother. Politico wrote an article called Biden Inc., where they said his family's fortunes suspiciously track alongside his career in office. Now, the bigger question is, will this succeed? And the likely answer is no. The House is controlled by the Democrats. The Democrats barely have control of the Senate. So it's likely going to go nowhere, which brings us to the division of this country. When Donald Trump got elected, immediately Democrats started voting to impeach him, filing to impeach him numerous times. And a lot of people don't know this. They say Donald Trump has been impeached twice now, but there's actually been, I think, four or five attempts at impeaching him. In 2017, 58 Democrats voted to impeach Donald Trump before he was even really doing anything in office. That's how bad the division is getting. Now we're hearing that AOC ditched Biden's inauguration because she said she doesn't feel safe around Republicans. She's ramping up the rhetoric. The escalation is getting worse. And now we see for a conservative or Republican pollster, Frank Luntz, saying, I don't want to do this anymore. You see, he tried to do a panel discussion with Biden supporters and Trump supporters, and it was just a screaming match. There is no unity in this country. It's not going to happen anytime soon. The Republicans want to impeach Biden because we have numerous stories about his family's corruption. They're not going to let it go. They don't view him as legitimate. Now, for me, I'm, I'm wondering, is this really the path we want to go down? The Democrats did the same thing to Donald Trump. They complained about it in much the same way. My personal opinion, having tracked the news, I think they were wrong. And I think Joe Biden is corrupt. But what's the point of filing the articles of impeachment? Is it just a tit for tat to say we're willing to stand up? We're going to do this. If we just keep playing this game, I don't think we're going to actually solve any problems. Look, I mean, no disrespect. A lot of people say we must at least try to impeach Joe Biden or at least show that we're willing to go after him. But it's not actually going to work. The Democrats have Congress. Can we focus on some concrete solutions to our problems and start maybe building culture and focusing on the positive? I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't believe, but I can tell you that the escalation is upon us. Most people think this country is, is headed down the wrong path. 35% of people polled by YouGov believe that the election was, was totally illegitimate, a third of this country. And we can see some calls now to outright ban Fox News and other conservative channels. This is not us heading down the right direction. I agree with the majority who think we're in the wrong, we're going down the wrong path. There are people already calling for an Article 5 convention. We must come together for a meeting and then peacefully divorce. I hate to see it. I wouldn't want to see it happen. This country is, is amazing. The best country ever to exist, in my opinion. I know a lot of people on the left like to cite Scandinavia and a bunch of these other countries. Nah, I don't think so. This, this the United States has done a lot of bad, but they have done so much good. And our form of government was brilliant. Our founding fathers were brilliant. I'd hate to see this country fall apart, but I fear that's where we're going. And those that are calling for an Article 5 convention to peacefully divorce are doing so to prevent violence. It worries me, but we have seen an escalation in censorship targeting leftists as well. I think the establishment machine is going to try to preserve itself. But let's read the story and see exactly what's going on with this impeachment and the division 
running through this country. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and help support my show, my podcast, this channel. There's very real concerns about incoming censorship. Building up TimCast.com is going to make sure that if this channel gets banned, we can keep producing content. And if we do get banned, there'll be a lot more free content available for the time being. As a member, you get access to the bonus material. Some of these podcast segments we have are 20 minutes long. In one, me and Ian are yelling about whether or not Donald Trump really is corrupt or the previous administrations were worse and Joe Biden is worse. You got Jack Murphy. He's kind of agreeing with me. You got you got Luke Rakowski kind of agreeing with Ian. It's really fun stuff. And when you become a member, you are helping to make sure that we have a, a, a safety net. In the event we get censored, we will not be going anywhere. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. We've got more coming. If you encounter any issues, email members at TimCast.com. We are trying to get through a ton of emails to get you all sorted, but it seriously is the most important thing we can do. Let's not let all of this get shut down by censorship. But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and share this if you really do like it. Let's read the news from Fox. They say, Georgia conservative rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene Thursday made good on her promise to file articles of impeachment against President Biden. The freshman Republican who is who has supported QAnon conspiracy theories and criticized the 25,000 National Guard deployed to D.C. to protect the presidential inauguration took to Twitter to make her announcement, quote, I've just filed articles of impeachment on President Joe Biden. We will see how this goes. Fox News could not reach Republican House leadership to comment on the recent move, but Green immediately used her announcement to raise money for an impeach Joe Biden fund. Green's impeachment filings were not made readily, readily available. But in a press release, she's, she claimed she was basing the impeachment on an alleged abuse of power by Biden from his time as vice president. Green accused Biden of enabling bribery and blatant nepotism by utilizing his son Hunter Biden's position on the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Quote, President Joe Biden is unfit to hold the office of the presidency. His pattern of abuse of power as President Obama's vice president is lengthy and disturbing. She wrote in a statement Thursday, President Biden has demonstrated that he will do whatever it takes to bail out his son Hunter and line his family's pocket with cash from corrupt foreign energy companies. Biden has repeatedly denied involving U.S. foreign policy in Kiev with his son's work. And Senate Republicans found no evidence of wrongdoing after completing their own months long investigation into corruption allegations last year. But let me pause for a second and point out Matt Taibbi, far from a conservative, he wrote a, a, a long article explaining that there were several active investigations into Burisma. Many people have noted Hunter Biden had no business serving on the board of this energy company in Ukraine. And while these in investigations were going on over a dozen, Joe Biden flew to Ukraine and told the president, fire the prosecutor or you're not getting a billion dollar loan guarantee from the United States. He didn't have the power to do that. Only Congress can do that. Well, at least that's what the Democrats said when they filed their first impeachment of Donald Well, I'm sorry, when they when they uh, actually impeached Donald Trump the first time, claiming that his threat to withhold money from Ukraine was a, an abuse of power. Joe Biden did just that. Now, unfortunately for the Republicans here for Marjorie, the Democrats control Congress. And to be completely honest, it doesn't matter either way. If the Republicans controlled Congress, they would not vote to impeach Joe Biden because the Republicans do not care about the populist right, nor will they support them. They will protect themselves first and foremost. They say Green's articles of impeachment are not expected to make it very far with a Democrat controlled House. But Fox News could not reach ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, Rep. Jim Jordan, for comment. Green announced last week, just hours after the House's historic second impeachment of Trump, that she would bring articles of impeachment against Biden. The freshman Republican 
has already had her Twitter account temporarily suspended for tweeting debunked claims of election and voter fraud in Georgia, though her name was on the same ballot as President Trump's despite his loss. But she took to Twitter Thursday to say the inauguration looked like a one party military state takeover with 30,000 troops. People were told not to go and flags were planted to show fake support, she claimed. Well, fake support, flags aren't support at all. They just put flags up. But I agree with her criticism of 30,000 troops in D.C. That's freaky and sends a bad sign to the people of this country. We saw the National Guard get put into a, a parking garage. Talk about disgusting. These, these men and women didn't need to be there in, the, in this ridiculous show of force. And then they were insulted by, be, by, uh, by people on CNN like, like Cuomo, by Democrats saying they must be vetted. It was absolutely disgusting what happened. Now, look, I don't know if impeachment is, is a good idea. Uh, Marjorie Greene has issued a public uh, a press release saying today, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden for his corrupt actions involving his quid pro quo in Ukraine and abuse of power by allowing his son Hunter Biden to siphon off cash from America's greatest enemies, Russia and China. There's a story about, uh, I believe, I don't know if it was the mayor of Moscow or, or some official giving money to the Biden family. We saw the same thing with China. It's funny because they say what the, Dem- what the Democrats accuse Trump of doing, they do themselves. And you know what? Yeah, seems to be the case. She mentions that Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars of foreign aid if they didn't do his bidding in Ukraine, which, yeah, I find pretty shocking. She got a lot of points here. She says Joe Biden abused the power of uh, the office of vice president, enabling bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors by allowing his son to influence the domestic policy of a foreign nation and accept various benefits. The evidence of widespread knowledge, corruption and collusion on behalf of the Biden family with foreign nationals is clear and compelling. Joe Biden was the senior Obama administration official overseeing anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. So this we, we know this story and, and she goes into detail. The, 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 the gist of the story, Hunter Biden got a job. Joe Biden intervened to protect him. They claim it's fake news. OK, you know, I, I had on the IRL podcast, we had one guest who's former conservative, now pretty liberal, saying Joe Biden never threatened to withhold the money. It's fake news. And we pulled up the video of Joe Biden saying, I told him you won't get the money unless the prosecutor's fired. We played the video. Yeah. Do your actual research and you would see. My bigger concern here is what this will ultimately lead to. Look at this from I got this Wikipedia article. Efforts to impeach Donald Trump. They say the first effort came, the first formal impeachment efforts were initiated by two Democratic reps, Al Green and Brad Sherman, in 2017, the first year of his presidency. Since the Republicans controlled both the House and Senate during 2017 and 2018, the likelihood of impeachment during that period was considered by all to be low. A December 2017 resolution of impeachment failed in the House by a 58 to 364 margin. But mind you, 58 people voted to impeach Trump before he even did anything. It's ridiculous. The Democrats gained control of the House in 2019 and launched multiple investigations. Speaker Nancy Pelosi initially resisted calls for impeachment. In May 2019, uh, Pelosi indicated that Trump's continued actions, which she characterized as obstruction of justice and refusal to honor congressional subpoenas, might make an impeachment inquiry necessary. An increasing number of House Democrats and one Republican were requesting such an inquiry. And then we have Pelosi talking about Trump in Ukraine. I think they're actually glossing over uh, a couple of attempts at impeachment. Yeah, there's there there was more than just the one. They tried over and over again. Look, we're at this point where the right doesn't see Joe Biden as legitimate. The left never saw Trump as legitimate. Whose fault is that? When Trump got elected, Hillary Clinton and many prominent Democrats claimed he was secretly working for Russia. 
That was fake news. The Mueller probe found no evidence. It was insane that they were actually trying to assert this. They wasted all of our time. And then they tried impeaching him based on the Ukraine thing, which is also insane. Trump didn't do anything. He had a phone call and said, look, I'm seeing some video go around about Joe Biden. You know, you could look into it. And they're claiming it was a quid pro quo. We do that all the time. Joe Biden did it. It's ridiculous. So Marjorie coming out now saying, "Okay, well, we're going to impeach Joe Biden for the same thing that you did actually makes a really good point. I don't know if it's worth doing. I don't know, you know, why it's not going to work. But I think it's an it may be an attempt to show the double standard that you can raise the same arguments that they made about Trump, about Biden, and they will ignore it. If that's the case, let me tell you, talking about the double standard doesn't do anything. We know there's a double standard. We know the left and the media aren't playing by the rules. So what do you do? It's all about building culture. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do. We had Matt Brainerd on the IRL podcast last night. He was talking about registering people to vote and getting people active and involved. And I agreed it's a great great thing to do and you got to do it. And I also added, we also need to build culture like Daily Wire is doing with making movies, filming vlogs, skateboarding, playing music, inspiring young people and building things, building culture. You have to do it. That's how you win. Maybe the impeachment will show the double standard, but don't we already know this double standard? Won't it kind of just be antagonistic? Far be it from me to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. That's just my, my, my two cents. I can say, however, that the division in this country is not going to be getting any better anytime soon, especially when you have demagogues like Ocasio-Cortez, who even after the Democrats win, she won't stop. She just wants to keep beating everyone over the head. Republicans are evil, evil people. They're not. Most Republicans in office are just awful. And I think most people just disagree. And we better find a way to come together and unify, even if we don't like it, because the alternative is worse. You know, seeing people say we need a peaceful divorce, I'm like, that's preferable to civil war. And Joe Biden's the one who announced we must end the uncivil war. Was that really the right language? Maybe. People don't want to admit that there's some kind of civil war going on or a cold civil war, but it's kind of going hot. We're not in the we're not the point where there's soldiers from different states fighting soldiers or anything like that. But the culture in this country has been ripped into. Donald Trump was not making things better, in my opinion. In fact, he was making things worse. Trump took it personally and then fired back. But Trump's an individual and he's allowed to. The media took it personally and fired back and the division just got worse and worse and worse. Trump has been banned. Trump has been removed. And it's a bad thing. Overall, just a really, really bad thing for freedom of speech and the precedent of being able to hear each other and actually have arguments. But what about AOC? AOC says, I didn't attend Biden's inauguration in part because I don't feel safe around Republicans. That is insane. This woman is losing her mind. And this rhetoric that you can't be near Lauren Boebert because she's armed is nuts. Stop. Look, she's allowed to say it. She's allowed to feel this way. But it's it's insane that we've come to this point where they have metal detectors at, at, the, at the congressional chamber. We recently had one Republican tried to enter and the metal detector went off and they kicked him out. Lauren Boebert went through it, went off and she refused to stop or be searched. Why? What is what is a metal detector going to do? You're going to stop Republican politicians from carrying weapons. They've actually said Democrats, they're worried Republicans might kill them. OK, a lot of people don't want to talk about civil war. But, you know, whatever it is we're going through, it's it's, a civil war is not going to look like every civil war you've ever seen. There have been many different internal conflicts in various nations that we would call a civil war. And many and they're they're all very different for very different reasons. Today's day and age, 
It's something like a civil war we're experiencing. I mean, seriously, we just saw people storm the Capitol building. What do you call that? Insurrection? Okay, so what is it when half the country is, is outraged at what happened in the election? 35% don't view it as legitimate. We are on the verge of shattering. It's gotten so bad that GOP, ex-GOP pollster Frank Luntz has, has just lost it. He says, I don't want to do this anymore after a unity-themed focus group goes off the rails. You know the problem is? I don't think Frank Luntz has any idea what's going on. Now, y'all are in, uh, you, you, you're in good company, okay? Because not, not, I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything, but I, I think I have a better general understanding than, say, Frank Luntz. There was, uh, there, there's a series of statements that have been made where Frank Luntz just takes the establishment line. You've got fringe Russiagate loons, crazy people who still to this day, Hillary Clinton, Pelosi claiming Trump. I want to know if Trump was on the phone with Putin when the when the Capitol was stormed. Oh, just shut up. It's insane. Crazy, crazy people. That's the establishment talking point. The mainstream narrative. Then you've got, you know, Q people who are still believing in some secret plan. Trump's going to pull off and whatever. It's nonsense. The reality is there's a lot of fake news in the media. And if you only believe the mainstream news, you are misinformed. And there's a lot of fake news in these fringe conspiracy bubbles. And if you don't believe any of the mainstream media, then you're probably misinformed as well. The truth is closer to the middle. It's really hard to break through and figure out what's going on. But I think Frank Luntz encounters this, he, this unity themed session and he just can't take it. The problem was, because I watched some of the videos, I'm going to say it. And y'all are going to think I'm biased. Fine. But the Biden people are misinformed there. Or I should say maybe not misinformed, but less informed. There was one guy says all the Trump supporters are delusional. The Trump supporters brought up very simple points that they wanted uh, sorted out. I've had a lot of people claim that there's a video where multiple ballots are counted several times. And I said, you don't know that you don't. There's a video from the State Farm Arena in Georgia where you can see a woman put a stack of papers in a machine three times. It may be they were counting ballots three times. We don't know. People see that video and then they assume it must be this. I stop before we get anywhere near that. I don't know what we saw. Maybe the machine said error, error. And so she put it back in. Maybe this needed to be sussed out in court. Maybe this woman needed to sit down and answer under oath because we're talking about our election and our election integrity. So when you have Trump supporters say, what about this video? I want answers. You can't just say you're crazy. You have to say, well, I think it's probably not as it's not as crazy as people think it is, but it is fair to say we must build confidence in our government with these people who don't believe the election was legitimate. How do we do that? By investigating. They didn't. Many of the the, 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 the hearings were just thrown out on process grounds. Now, I have never subscribed to the belief that Donald Trump lost because of fraud. And I've said it over and over again. I've simply said Bill Barr, for instance, pointed out there was fraud and we better get into court and investigate all of this and take the claims from Trump supporters seriously to respect their wishes on this. Otherwise, you will lose half the country. They didn't. Partly because of the storming of the Capitol, we were going to have many Congress uh, members of Congress object and then present evidence and, and assert that it never happened. So, you know, the Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol get some of that, to you know, to them, some of the blame goes to them. But for the most part, that's that's what many of these Trump supporters were asking for. It's not unreasonable. If you want us to trust the system, and if you think that Trump and other uh, establishment elites and grifters are all lying to these people, then prove they're lying. It didn't happen. So what we get now is Frank Luntz 
said he was pushed to the brink when he lost control of a focus group. The Zoom session of unity between Biden and Trump voters quickly went off the rails. Quote, I reached a point where I don't want to do this anymore. The ex-GOP pollster said, well, he was never that good at it in the first place, if that's the case. You know, I used to actually like the guy. Um, I understand what his job is. And I, I saw uh, I've seen videos from him in the past where he explains how polling works and he breaks down the manipulation. And then he just went totally tribalist left to where I tweeted at him one day uh, something. It was, it was the leaked video from Trump, uh, uh, his lawyer's phone call. And I asked, is there a full version? And then he just insulted me and claimed I should remove journalists from my bio. And I'm like, dude, I've, I've had nothing but uh, uh, respect for the guy. And that's the and that's what you get. So you know what? Something's wrong in this country. I'm not trying to be antagonistic to anybody. Look, I'll criticize AOC heavily. I criticized Donald Trump way less, but I did criticize Trump and Trump supporters didn't like me for it. But that's that's the reality. I was sick of the media narrative that Trump was always wrong and Trump is always bad. And the critics were so unhinged. I had to be like, dude, chill. Trump's got problems. He ain't that bad. But what about what is it when someone like me who's considered a milk toast fence sitter sends a simple question to a guy like Frank Luntz and he snaps off at me? He wants to come out now and say, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Bro, look in the mirror. You're one of the people you're complaining about. I responded with, dude, why are you so hostile? I just asked a question, bro. Calm down. I'm not I'm not fighting you. But that's where we're at. This guy is clearly on one side and he's clearly angry, just like those in his own video. You know, he likes to he likes to present it like he was holding the panel. Nah, he was just another one of these people screaming. Because I'll tell you this. I'd love to do a panel with some Biden supporters and some Trump supporters. And it's really simple. We'll just moderate a conversation. And if people start yelling and talking over each other, you just sit back, crack open a beer and say, as soon as you guys are ready to talk, if you want to keep yelling, you keep yelling and nothing will get done. And you know what we need to do? Pull up the evidence. If a Biden supporter says Trump did this and the Trump supporter denies it, I'll say, hold on, there's a very simple solution. How about we pull up a source? We pull up some news and try and figure out what really happened here. And the inverse, have a conversation, actually bring people together. He didn't want to do that. Why? Because Frank Luntz, like many others, has already decided the establishment narrative, which is often wrong, is true and correct. And so that's it. He's a participant in the chaos. It's, it's, it's a sad story. It's a sad story. And it only gets worse. When AOC says something like, I don't feel safe around Republicans. And then you see this guy, Anand Gira Daharadas. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. He is publisher of The Inc. And I believe he is a commentator on MSNBC. And I, I believe I've seen him on CNN. I could be wrong. He tweets, it's time for this question to be front and center. Should Fox News be allowed to exist? Brain mashing as a business model shouldn't be legal. OK, then when do we ban you? It's free speech. My response to this was Dave Chappelle in his in his Netflix, I believe it was his Netflix routine, said the Second Amendment is just in case the first one doesn't work out. Talk about a bold and brilliant statement. Simple, but but brilliant. I hope that quote from Dave Chappelle goes down in history. Seriously, we see these great quotes from, say, Thomas Jefferson, and I mean it. Dave Chappelle's a smart guy, and I got mad respect for him. We probably disagree on a lot of things. But that's a quote that should be that we should never forget. The Second Amendment is just in case the first one doesn't work out. Why? The First Amendment isn't just about speech. It's about your your right to practice your religion, to speak your mind, the freedom of the press, the, the freedom to assemble, but also a right to a redress of grievances that we can say to the government, this is not OK. 
We, we demand answers. And when that doesn't work out, there's a second amendment for that. Dave Chappelle, not a conservative, but he makes a good point that many on the left don't want to accept. The second amendment wasn't just about hunt. In fact, I'm sorry. The second amendment has nothing to do with hunting at all. Second Amendment has everything to do with defending this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. I've heard a lot of conservatives say that the Second Amendment is about stopping tyrannical government. Well, it is partly. It's also about defending this country from foreign adversaries. During the revolutionary period afterwards, we knew that if enemies came to this country from outside, we need an armed population to defend it. It's about way more than that. In fact, the original article that was proposed in the Second Amendment was actually a lot longer and it, it went into detail about why we should have the right to bear arms, even if you don't want to be in the military or a militia. Now the left says it's about being in a well-regulated militia or hunting or whatever nonsense. Statements like this from Anand are scary. He's saying you shouldn't have the right to speak your mind. You shouldn't have the right to assemble. It's, it's, it's worrying because what happens when he gets his way? Fox News should be allowed to exist. I think MSNBC is brain mashing. They told everybody Trump was a Russian agent. They ran a segment where they said Trump was potentially a KGB asset. Okay, so a Soviet asset since the 80s. Insane. Absolutely insane. He says, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't understand why you're not allowed to manufacture Bucatini that doesn't have a certain threshold of iron in it, but you can't, but you can broadcast brain mashing falsehoods and goad people toward terrorism. It's a good question. I would ask it of MSNBC. What about all the things Antifa's been doing? All the defense they got from the left. When you actually had MSNBC point to a burning police station and say, it's, it's a mostly peaceful protest. Defending. Providing material support. What is this? No. MSNBC was allowed to say their dumb things. And Fox News is allowed to say their dumb things. But it's the authoritarian leftists who don't get it. He says that the fairness doctrine applying to broadcast was constitutional. Why would a new fairness doctrine applying more broadly be a violation of that same constitution? Maybe because the fairness doctrine wasn't and it should have been challenged. I don't know. He says 12% of Americans supported the insurrection on the Capitol. After the fact, you cannot pin this only on leaders. This has been institutionalized incitement in which the media played a giant role and democracy is endangered by it. Are there huge questions of a slippery slope? Of course. Could this regulation be abused? Of course. These are the hard things we'd have to figure out. But none of that means to me that a business model of incitement and falsehood is absolutely protected. Look in a mirror, my friend. Bring a mirror to Vox.com and BuzzFeed. All they want to do is just beat you over the head and scream. Every time I see a tweet from AOC where she talks about, you know, look, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. AOC is like left wing Charlie Kirk. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, they're very similar in how they tweet and how they tweet their 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 negative feelings of the other. I don't like it. I don't like that, you know, uh, when Charlie Kirk does it. I don't like when AOC does it. But I'll be honest, Charlie Kirk's not a politician. AOC has substantially more influence in government and and in culture than Charlie Kirk does. So if if somebody wants to go out and speak their mind and speak their opinions, well, they're allowed to. And that includes AOC. My issue is AOC is helping to legitimize this in government. I think the establishment might come for her at some point. But I'll tell you this. Ultimately, she's allowed to say it. Fox News shouldn't be banned. And the solution to this, honestly, I don't know. I want to show you just some real quick polls on the way out. From The Economist YouGov, on the right track, on the wrong track, 68% say we are on the wrong track. Are you optimistic? 42% pessimistic, 37 optimistic. There's a plurality of pessimism in this country. 
Are you better off now? Most people, the plurality, say they are better off now, 40%. But when they ask, is the country better or worse? 54%, the majority say, we were better off four years ago. What is that? Four years ago was the start of the Donald Trump administration. 54% believe that we were better off before Trump. It's interesting. Party ID, better off four years ago, 68% of Democrats agree, and 41% of Republicans agree. But 46, the plurality of Republicans think we're better off now, even with Joe Biden in the presidency. Would you say that Joe Biden legitimately won the election? 35% say no. 65% say he did. That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. And among party ID, 33% of Republicans believe it was legitimate. 67% believe it's not. Of independent voters, 39% believe it was not legitimate. That's crazy. And among Democrats, 5% of Democrats think Biden didn't win. That's nuts. That's really, really nuts. I don't know what that means in the long run. But if we don't figure out a way to mend this problem, then maybe peaceful divorce will be our, our last chance. And the people, there's, there's a lot of high profile people already calling for that. That's scary to me. I don't want that. This country's great. But on the left and the right, they're joking about it. And on the left and the right, some are serious about it. And maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe it makes no sense that AOC will dictate policy for someone who lives in West Virginia. It makes no sense that Joe Biden wants to ban guns for people who live in the mountains and there are bears and mountain lions everywhere. How stupid is that? They wanted to ban guns. And some guy on Twitter said, what am I supposed to do when, you know, 30 to 50 feral hogs up on my property? When the left say they all started laughing because they had no idea that wild hogs are actually a problem. I have friends in Arizona talk to me about the javelina problem. They don't they don't go around shooting javelina as far as I know. But I had friends there at uh, I, th- I believe it was ASU who were telling me the alarms would go off that javelina, they're little like warthog pig things running around. They had to go inside because they're running around all over the place. Wild animals are a thing, dude. Now you live in a city and maybe there's coyotes and stuff, and maybe you don't want to go around shooting because there's buildings everywhere and you might hit somebody. But you live in the mountains when you, I'm looking at a mountain right now, when you live in the middle of nowhere and there's dangerous wild animals and you want to protect your family and your property and there's no cops and no animal control. Why would Joe Biden be allowed to ban that for somebody in Wyoming? And that's what they're doing. That makes no sense. At the state level, it makes sense. And it still causes problems. Some states don't allow some weapons or some. And so it's hard to travel between states. But that's on you. If New York doesn't want to have certain weapons. okay, well, then New York can vote for it. But Joe Biden wants to make a bunch of sweeping changes. And he is. That's negatively impacting people who don't need to live that way. I think we're headed down dangerous path if this is the way we keep going. And maybe the bigger issue is a a bigger focus on states rights in the sense that different states have different ways of living. Now, don't get me wrong. In terms of civil rights, I like the idea of a federal government enforcing that because my family greatly benefited from it. Civil rights was fantastic. And we won the Civil War. We ended slavery. But what about telling people you can't own weapons? What about telling people you can't, you know, smoke marijuana or whatever? It's recreationally legal in many states now. Why does that make sense? It doesn't. That's infringing on people's rights. Protecting rights is one thing. Taking them away is another. It's a tough question. And it's a hard conversation, but... I ultimately don't know if this impeachment will do anything other than just keep inflaming things. So we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight, 8 p.m. live at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. And I want to float something about you guys. Don't forget to go to Timcast.com, become members. But I want to say this. I'm thinking about switching the, the structure of my channels. 
I've got two channels, Timcast News and Timcast. Timcast News, I do a segment 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then I do a 4 p.m. segment here, but they're very, very similar. And I've been thinking to myself, like, it doesn't really make all that much sense that I have two different channels for something that's kind of the same thing. They used to be much, they they used to be very different. It was more, you know, cultural politics and then mainstream politics. And I'm thinking now maybe what I should do is have the, have clips, the segments from Timcast IRL on this channel and then do this 4 p.m. segment on the Timcast news channel. I don't know if ultimately it will work out. It may just make everybody angry and maybe change is bad. I don't know. But let me know what you think. Comment below. There is a post in the community section of this channel where I asked, and uh, maybe I'll do a poll or something. I think most people seem to like the idea because it would streamline everything. Then when you go to Timcast IRL, it's just podcast episodes. You don't got to worry about all the clips. A lot of people prefer that to the clips and have said, I don't like subscribing because I get notifications for things I've already seen. And I'm like, maybe we should move them over. We might do it. I might do it. You know, we're streamlining everything. Timcast.com is taking off. You guys are amazing. And once we get to a certain threshold of membership, we are going to unleash a force. We're going to be free from fears of censorship. We've already got segments coming up for members only that are legit, like going right into this hardcore censorship stuff, talking about things we can't talk about on YouTube, saying names, naming names, swearing. It's a lot of fun. And it's, I'm, I'm glad I should have done it a long time ago, but I'm glad we're doing it now. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all tonight at, at Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you then. I'm sorry to say that this just confirms my bias. I saw this story about the National Guard being dumped in a garage, and I said, sounds about right for Congress. For those that didn't hear the story, quote, we feel incredibly betrayed. Thousands of guardsmen forced to vacate Capitol. This one got me really angry. You know, we did the IRL podcast last night. And after we were leaving, I saw the story breaking that after these men and women were sent to D.C. on, I'm sorry, a ridiculous mission, 25,000 troops to protect the inauguration that I can respect. But 25,000 troops a bit nuts. After I I, I saw this story that after all that, after the, the handshaking and the smiling and the photographs and the thank you men and women of the armed forces, they put them in a parking garage. There was no bathroom, there was no power outlet, and they were told to sleep in a garage. I despise these people so much. Congress, not the National Guard, the National Guard I love and respect. The people who are willing to stand at attention and say, I'm here for you, I'll protect you, and it's my job. I'm not going to pretend that every single person who joins the armed forces is some kind of hero. For many of these people, it's, it's, a, it's a job. But to be willing to say, I trust and respect you know, the system, I will follow orders and do as I'm told because I trust in this country and the chain of command. I respect that the intentions of these people to do their job to make sure we are all safe. Congress, despicable, wealthy. It's like it's like the Hunger Games, man. You know what? Let me let me let me read you this story from Politico. Guardsmen were later let back in. Sure. Thousands of National Guardsmen were allowed back and allowed back into the Capitol. Oh, I'm sorry. Thursday night, hours after U.S. Capitol police officials ordered them to vacate the facilities, sending them outdoors or to nearby parking garages after two weeks pulling security duty after the deadly riot on January 6th. One unit, which had been resting in the Dirksen Senate office building, was abruptly told to vacate the facility on Thursday. According to one guardsman, the group was forced to rest in a nearby parking garage without Internet reception, with just one electrical outlet and one bathroom 
with two stalls for 5,000 troops, the person said. Temperatures in Washington were in the low 40s by nightfall. After everything that we've been going through, I just can't, I can't, I I can believe it. No, I want to say I can't believe it. No, I can believe it. These people are disgusting. The Republicans and Democrats alike. Now, to, to be fair, there were many Republicans who spoke out against this, who were outraged by this, and rightly so. It really seems, you know, what we've seen. Most of the Democrats are establishment, urban, spoiled brats. Most Republicans are as well, but there's slightly more Republicans who are willing to say, dude, no, to something like this. Quote, yesterday, dozens of our senators and congressmen walked down our lines, taking photos, shaking our hands and thanking us for our service. Within 24 hours, they had no further use for us and banished us to the corner of a parking garage. We feel incredibly betrayed, the guardsman said. Politico obtained photos showing the guard members packed together in the parking garage, sleeping on the ground with only one bathroom for 5,000 people. That's I don't even think that's legal for any business in this country, let alone the people who are supposed to be protecting us. I'm sorry, let alone for the people who are literally protecting us. Now, never mind the ridiculous narratives they put out about why they were going to need crew manned machine guns, Nancy Pelosi, I kid you not. Apparently, the story is that they wanted all these troops there guarding everybody, but then realized, uh oh, wait a minute, the National Guard might be loyal to the people and not a bunch of millionaires who have been siphoning off the value and, and the working and the labor from the, uh, the value of the labor, uh, the value of the working class in this country. Man, I can't believe it. All National Guard troops were told to vacate the Capitol and nearby congressional buildings on Thursday and to set up mobile command centers outside or in nearby hotels. Another guardsman confirmed they were told to take their rest breaks during the 12 hour, 12, 12 hour shifts outside and in parking garages, the person said. Top lawmakers from both parties took to Twitter to decry the decision. Oh, so my respect to, to Chuck Schumer and call for answers after Politico first reported the news Thursday night, with some even offering their offices to be used as rest areas. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer tweeted, if this is true, it's outrageous. I will get to the bottom of this. Serious respect to Chuck Schumer, not a guy I'm a big fan of, but but saying this. And Tom Cotton noted that the Capitol complex remains closed to members of the public, so there's plenty of room for troops to take a break in them. By 10 p.m., Senator Martin Heinrich, a Democrat of New Mexico, said the situation was being resolved and that guardsmen would be able to return indoors later in the night. Just made a number of calls and have been informed Capitol Police have apologized to the guardsmen and they will be allowed back into the complex tonight, added Senator Tammy Duckworth. So uh, let me walk back what I said about Democrats. A lot of Democrats stepped up to this one and that was wrong of me. Uh, I'm glad that there is a bipartisan effort to give respect to these men and women. I, 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 I was, my brain exploded when I saw this story. The idea that you would enlist, that you would sign up for this, for this job as our frontline defense or whatever, you know, look, serving in the, in, the, in the military, I have tremendous respect for it. And then you have to take orders from these plutocrats who don't care about you, who would send you off to a parking garage. I'm glad to see that there are uh, both Democrats and Republicans decrying this. Tammy Duckworth said she'll keep checking to make sure that they are, you know, taken care of. A guard source confirmed late Thursday night that all troops in the parking garages were ordered to return inside the Capitol. Brigadier General Janine Burkhead, the Guards Inauguration Task Force commander, confirmed in a statement to Politico a little after midnight 
Now, the troops are out of the garage and back into the Capitol as authorized by the USCP watch commander. They will take their breaks near Emancipation Hall going forward. In a statement, Capitol Police spokesperson Eva Malecki said the department recently asked the troops shift be reduced from 12 hours to eight hours in order to allow for additional rest hours away from the Capitol complex. The statement did not explain why the guardsmen were forced into parking garages. Guardsmen who spoke with Politico were not given a clear reason why they were asked to vacate the buildings. The first guardsman said it may have been that due to a complaint that some troops were not wearing masks, but denied that was the case. We have strict guidance that masks are to be worn at all times unless soldiers are eating and drinking, the guardsman said. Their photos from the Capitol building, they ain't wearing masks. And you know what? I'll be honest. I don't care because if you really think there's some great threat and someone's going to storm in and or whatever, and I have to choose between a National Guard that's going to protect us from death, like violence, or maybe people coughing and being in tight confined space. I'm going to take the dudes who are there for the immediate threat. Look, yeah, COVID is a problem. I get it. You should wear masks and all that stuff. But listen, if I had to prioritize what my concerns would be, it wouldn't be whether they're wearing masks or not. I'd just stay away. Now, I would have a concern that maybe they can get each other sick, but uh, these people are not in the affected group. So the likelihood they get sick is actually close to zero. Quote, as Congress is in session and increased foot traffic and business is being conducted, Capitol Police asked the troops to move to their rest area. B.S. They said that the building was still closed to the public. Guard leadership did not make the decision and are doing their best to provide rest shelter for troops who are still on 12 hour shifts protecting the Capitol and congressional grounds. Can I ask ask a question? Why, though? Why? What are they guarding it from? I mean, we're done, right? Is there a threat? Sure, maybe, whatever. I get they might want to linger around for a little bit and just, you know, let things taper off. They say, uh, quote, there there really may be an important reason for us to vacate, and it just hasn't been well communi- communicated, a second guardsman said. The troops are particularly concerned about being packed in tight quarters with limited bathroom access during a pandemic. At least 100 guardsmen have tested positive for COVID-19, according to two guardsmen. Some are quarantining in hotels. Well, there you go. A spokesperson previously declined to provide specific number for troops who have tested positive for the virus. It's interesting. I saw one quote where they said, we went from crew manned machine guns to to having their their magazines removed from their rifles because Democrats were scared of the National Guard. That's amazing, isn't it? They wanted them all vetted. It has been nothing but a constant slap in the face being spat on for these for these men and women in uniform. First, they're told that they can't be trusted by the likes of Cuomo, CNN. They're told that Pelosi and these other Democrats want them vetted because they can't be trusted. Reports were going around that they were concerned. Did any of these people vote for Donald Trump? Because we should probably figure out if they did. Some of these people apparently posted memes and were members of the NRA. Some apparently had Gadsden flags. You know the Gadsden don't tread on me, a symbol of the American Revolution. And for that, more than a dozen, maybe even more, were removed from the mission because of the paranoia of these unhinged Democrats, because they would tell the National Guard, we don't trust you. So forgive me, you know, when I when I when I my first gut reaction was Democrats didn't care about what was going on. That was probably that was probably that, that was probably uh, biased of me. And so I'll respect the Democrats who called for this to be ended. But, you know, Whoever was the whoever was the person who made these men and women leave in such a way is it's 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 horrifying. It is. It should never happen. It should never have happened. Now, look, 
there's there's a concern about uh, whether or not these people are going to side with Trump or do something like that. But I, I really think it's all just overhyped. I saw one post, somebody was a veteran, you know, a media personality who served. They said these these men and women would take would, you know, would follow the command of Chan, the chain of command before any civilian or or, or or Donald Trump on his way out. You know what I mean? Like basically what they're saying is with Donald Trump leaving the White House, the guard is going to follow their chain of command. They trust the people in, you know, that, that in their in their units in, uh, and their, and their uh, immediate supervisors more than they would, say, a, a leaving president. The idea that these people were somehow a threat to this country, I think, is a slap in the face and an insult. However, however, there were many people who stormed the Capitol who were former or currently active duty. Now, I, I do want to mention that, but I want to point out something I actually am impressed with. Governor Chris Sununu of this is uh, New Hampshire has ordered the immediate return of the New Hampshire National Guard after a report they slept in a parking garage. The New York Times reported Thursday the soldiers brought in for Wednesday's inauguration were forced to sleep in an unheated parking garage after being jettisoned from the Capitol. He says, I've ordered the immediate return of all New Hampshire National Guard from Washington, D.C. They did an outstanding job serving our nation's capital in time of strife and should be graciously praised, not subject to substandard conditions. Bravo, good sir, I agree. And to the men and women who, who served and sought to protect the, the capital, my respect. And, uh, and just in general to veterans in the military, I, I deeply respect the armed forces. Now, uh, that being said, check this out. Nearly one in five of the more than 140 MAGA riders charged so far in the capital siege has served in the military. They say so far around 140 people have been arrested and charged in connections with the riots on January 6th. Around 20% have military backgrounds, but not all of them are active duty. Among them is Larry Rendell Brock Jr., an Air Force veteran who was seen donning a tactical helmet and vest while carrying flex cuffs inside the Capitol. Some veterans who were accused of laying siege to the Capitol are still serving. Jacob Fracker was an infantry rifleman in the Marine Corps and deployed to Afghanistan twice who now works in the Virginia National Guard. Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force veteran from San Diego, was shot and killed. More suspects are still being sought in relation to the riot. All right, I get it. I get it. There are uh, uh, some people who, who had served. And so you had, I guess, Democrats freaking out that there would be some, I don't know, some people in the, in the, in the National Guard who would turn on, on you know, but I, I just think it's insane. I really do. Look, I get that there was a current active duty guy. I think there was like one or two. But you, you have mostly veterans. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting conundrum. I want to talk. I want, I want, I want to uh, uh, segue into this talk about the, the crewman machine guns, because we did do a segment on this on the IRL podcast that I think should be brought up in this context. Ken Cuccinelli claims Pelosi asked for crew manned machine guns. I'm assuming, you know, that means some kind of belt fed full auto, you know, two guys, one guy shooting, one guy holding the belt to make sure it doesn't jam. And think about what that means. That means that Nancy Pelosi, her gut reaction to a mostly unarmed storming of the Capitol, with many people bumbling and bewildered, was to mow them down in, in, a, in a hail of automatic gunfire. All right, maybe a little bit over the top, but think about it. Think about what, what DC would be like if they had crewman machine guns on street corners. What does she think is going to happen? A large group of angry Trump supporters would be marching on the street and then they would just go do, 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 and just wipe them all out. Random people, unarmed people, old women. 
What about the collateral damage to slamming into buildings, both residential and commercial? This is nuts. I can't stand. I can't stand politicians, man. You know, and it's, 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 there's, there's a lot of problems with our government. And how do you find people who are actually qualified and are, uh, and qualification by what I mean is not just capable, but willing, not just, not just able to do the job, but wanting to do the right thing for the American people. How do you find these people? The challenge is we only have a handful. Most of the people that are in Congress are ultra wealthy. They get propped up by lobbyists and corporate interests. And that's the problem of our political system. Or I, I think it's the main problem. We've heard a lot from people like, say, the Young Turks or Bernie Sanders get money out of politics. And I 100% agree. But how do you do it? I just don't know. I just don't know that you can. So what ends up happening, you get people like Nancy Pelosi, whose net worth on her own, I think is only like 14 million. Haha. <laughs> but with her husband, it's in like 200 million or so. You've got a majority of Congress, my understanding, millionaires. And George Carlin said it. They're millionaires and they don't care about you. They don't care about you. You're a number. It's a game. The lobbyists come in. The special interests come in and they say, we'll give you the money you need to manipulate enough people to win. That's the name of the game. You know, maybe it used to be at some point shaking hands and expressing your ideas, but the system's really devolved in a lot of ways. I still think this country is the best on the planet in terms of our, 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 our you know, three branches. And we've we've really laid the groundwork for uh, the, to the best of our abilities, a good justice system, which has its problems I complained about last night and upward mobility and the idea that you can be a bartender and become a member of Congress. There's two problems here. You look at someone like AOC. She comes from somewhat humble beginnings. And then she uses social media to be, become a careerist, gets elected, and really just doesn't know, have any idea what she's doing or how the economy works. And then she gets a bunch of people rallying behind her. Why? Because she whispers sweet nothings into their ears and rallies them. I can say a lot of the same applies to Trump. Trump's gone now, so I'm not sure that matters all that much. But Donald Trump at least had international business experience and was particularly successful. They like to point out a few bankruptcies in his more than 500 businesses. And I'm sorry, that's just that's just ridiculous. Now, what do we get? Well, we have a Congress full of people that when it comes to election time, they look over charts and graphs. They look at what do I have to say to get the most support? Does it matter what you think or what you're experiencing or what you're going through? The answer is no. Does it matter what the American public wants? No. And apparently that's true for Trump as well, because Trump could have pardoned Julian Assange or Edward Snowden or Ross Ulbricht or Reality Winner. He didn't do it, even though there was tremendous, tremendous popular support left and right for doing it. And that's ultimately the issue I take with all of these people. I don't think they care. I don't think they're here to to help you get through, uh, you know, all of these struggles and to solve these problems. I think many of these people have realized long ago that the system is too complicated and too large to actually do anything about. And so they just want to get the keys to the castle. Let me into the building. Give me that sweet pension. Give me a salary and make me famous. And then I'll write a book, make a ton of money influence government for the, pol- for the for the lobbyists and for the special interests. And then, of course, I'll retire after 30 or 40 years. Well, in Joe Biden's case, he actually just becomes the president, I suppose. But has anything gotten done? You look at Joe Biden's legacy, and there's a lot of waffling, right? 
You can go back 30 years and he's pro-segregation or whatever and the crime bill in 1994. And it makes you wonder what the dude actually believes in, what his actual principles are. I can look at Ron Paul and be like, I've got a good idea of what that guy thinks needs to be done. I can look at Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi and be like, I got no idea what they want other than power, power. So, of course, what happens when these people are confronted with, say, the National Guard? Oh, heavens, the rabble in our building. Harumph, I say. Reminded of that story. It was about Hillary Clinton and she was in an Air Force vehicle being, you know, uh, carried to some location or whatever. And this dude claimed that she held up a wine glass and went to Air Force ranking, like to Air Force officers who are like on this on this this plane. There's like mechanics and like a captain and their job is to fly an Air Force vehicle, not serve Hillary Clinton and give her wine. And she holds her glass up and goes, and they look at her like, does she really expect us to pour wine for her? That's who these people are. That was in, I I believe that was in some book. That's the name of the game with all of this. That's why I never understood why anybody would enlist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything like that, but I'm, I'm really surprised that there are people willing to, to volunteer to take orders from these people. I couldn't do it. I would not do it. I can respect the armed forces, you know, wanting to serve and protect and all that stuff. But I could not sit there and be like, oh, okay, Nancy Pelosi, whatever you say. And that's, that's what it feels like. That's where we're at today. You know, that's just what's going to probably keep happening. Maybe at some point the National Guard loses confidence or the armed forces loses confidence and then it just starts to fall apart. That's a fear they were having right now. Think about what it means that they were saying, they needed to vet these National Guard, that they needed to remove them, take away their weapons. Think about what that means. They're scared. They're scared that finally regular people and the working class and even National Guardsmen are like, we, we don't view you as legitimate. And I mean, that's, it should be scary for all of us. We don't want a military coup in any sense, sense of the, you know, in, in any form. But what happens at some point when the military high ranking officers just say, ah, we're not doing it. I'm not sending my National Guardsmen down to your capital to be put in a parking garage. Ain't going to happen. What happens when all of them just say, nah, what happens when they really do defy orders? I don't think they would. Like I said, there was a a conservative commentator veteran who was like, they wouldn't do it. They'll do their duty. But I I have to wonder about where we're heading as a country when things like this are happening. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. I don't think I've had a good feel for what was going to happen to the far left after Joe Biden became president. There are periods where I and several others were concerned that if they win, if Joe Biden becomes president, he will embolden the far left, defend them, continue to do so. And we had good reason to believe it because Joe Biden's staffers had bailed out many rioters. Kamala Harris herself solicited donations to bail out rioters. And so it seemed like after Joe Biden becomes president, they're going to throw some red meat to the far left. Well, I think that assessment was true. We are seeing more rioting already. And Joe Biden is signing these executive orders. But one thing I didn't really expect, you know, some some people did speculate that many of these leftists would be tossed aside, used up and no longer needed. I didn't expect news organizations to start firing people the way they are. This is the karmic justice for the insane left. Perhaps what we're really seeing is that the establishment hates the fringe lefty culture warriors as much as they hate the right wing culture warriors. Now, let me slow down. 
I said fringe left-wing culture warriors and right-wing culture warriors. What I mean by that is it's, there's still very much an obvious bias. If you're fringe right, you're gone in two seconds. If you're left-wing culture warrior, you're fine. And if you're right-wing culture warrior, you're on thin ice. That's my point. But we got some crazy stories. First, we got a dude who tweeted uh, a stupid, look, it was a joke. He was saying that Joe Biden, I guess, should lynch Mike Pence. And it was a really, really dumb one. And he got fired from his job over this. We're also hearing now another New York Times writer was fired, had her contract rescinded for simply saying Biden landing at Joint Base Andrews. Now I have chills. I can't believe they they, they terminated her contract for that. That's crazy. And now we're learning that Twitter is suspending a series of Antifa accounts, more than 71,000 followers, and the New York Post is playing a video of a possum for some reason. But anyway, the main point is, it seems like these news outlets are trying to get everything back into focus. They've been purging channels. Recently, in the past several months, we saw some high-profile lefties on Twitter banned. We've seen some left-wing podcasts getting banned. It, it seems now they used the left to rally support against Trump, Once they won, they're now getting rid of anyone who deviates from a boring mainline establishment culture. It ain't all bad. I mean, we need some kind of stability, but I'm sorry, I'm in favor of free speech and I don't like the idea of authoritarian elites dictating what we can or can't talk about. It is kind of a double-edged sword though, isn't it? We don't want civil war. We don't want people beating each other to death and fighting each other in the streets. And it would have been nice if there was, if they did this early on, but you know what they, you know why they didn't want to do it? They could have banned the left. They needed it to defeat Donald Trump. And that's why I think we're now going to start seeing the left get their purge as well. And oh boy, will it feel good to finally see these Antifa accounts who have been advocating for violence, calling for violence, outright tweeting illegal things, incitement, getting finally banned. But I'll tell you what's not going to be okay. When left-wing political commentators with opinions I tend not to agree with and left-wing political commentators who I think are good people, when they all start getting banned, that's going to be bad. And that's the problem. It's their own fault. It's your fault to the left. Lefties, listen, when you get banned, it's your fault. Some prominent left, two, two actually prominent left-wing podcasts have been banned already, outright just gone. I don't know what they did or what they said, but no, it's, it's no surprise you've got free speech advocates coming out and defending them. I don't know what they said. I'll defend their right to their free speech. And the challenge is a lot of these Antifa accounts, they, they, they break the law. They incite violence. They call people to action to do things. That's illegal. I don't think these podcasts did. And from what I've seen, people are saying they, they did not ever cross the line. I think they're getting banned because this far left stuff is bad. I think people like AOC are a threat to the establishment and they are coming for her next. They got rid of Trump. Now they need to get rid of Ocasio-Cortez and the squad. These people who are demagogues on Twitter, who are riling everybody up and leading us down a dangerous path. It must stop. Let me read you these stories and break down what's going on. But before I do, my friends, head over to TimCastIRL.com to become a member and help support my work. We've got some big changes coming. I might actually reorganize my channels. We're going to put a heavy focus on the Timcast IRL podcast. And considering I'm talking about the purging and the mass censorship, really trying to build up a core user base that will insulate us and protect us from censorship. We are very, very close to having enough members to where we don't need to worry about YouTube and what the YouTube's rules are, because we can do things like this. Okay, here, I'm, I'm, I might get in trouble. First of all, 
We have a member post up where me and Ian are yelling at each other over whether or not Donald Trump is truly corrupt. And Trump's not the president anymore, but I think it's still interesting to post-mortem conversation about what Trump did, who he hired. And we got Luke Rakowski, who's kind of agreeing with Ian. Donald Trump is corrupt. And we got Jack Murphy, who's kind of agreeing with me. Nobody thinks the guy's perfect, but it's a really interesting conversation. And you will only get it if you're a member. But recently we covered a very serious story. Twitter refused to remove videos of abuse because it didn't break their rules. It didn't. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Now, I got to be very careful about posts like that on YouTube. They'll when I call out the establishment machine for protecting this insidious and disgusting content, they'll threaten to remove me. And I'm, I run the risk of getting banned this video for simply bringing it up. But if you want to hear a real conversation where we talk about certain islands and certain activities from elites, become a member because we're not going to hold back when we do content on TimCast.com. Uh, rest assured, you're not going to get the hyper-partisan stuff you probably think you'll get, to be honest. But we're going to be honest about these stories and try and break them down to the best of our abilities. So what, look, while we're talking about censorship, forgive me for going on too long, but please consider becoming a member because we are going to be having a lot of fun ramping things up. I just had uh, a Makarov 9mm, I, I believe it's uh, Bulgarian, a gun being sent out. So we're going to make videos on a bunch of stuff, vlog, music, gun stuff, and comedy, all that good stuff is coming on the website. Let's read the news from Fox. New York Times contributor loses think tank job over tweet suggesting Biden should lynch Mike Pence. Will Wilkinson said the tweet was an error of judgment meant to convey sharp sarcasm. I believe him. I believe it was tactless. I don't think the guy should have been fired. They say a contributing opinion writer for the New York Times was fired after he tweeted this. Now former Niskanen Center Vice President for Research Will Wilkinson raised eyebrows Wednesday when he offered some tongue-in-cheek advice for President Vice of President <laughs> President Biden Vice, mixing up Pence and Vice and Biden. Quote: Last night I made an error of judgment and tweeted this. It was sharp sarcasm, but looked like a call for violence. That's always wrong, even as a joke. It was especially wrong at a moment when unity and peace are so critical. I'm deeply sorry and vow not to repeat this mistake. Wilkinson has since locked his account from public viewing. I am hereby demanding he get his job back. 100%. The dude apologized. Please encourage this behavior. Tell people like, well, you made a bad joke. I get it. You apologized. I accept your apology, good sir. Please continue doing your job, recognizing where your fault was. If we don't allow people to apologize, they won't stop. If you really want peace, reconciliation, and unity, let people admit to being wrong, please. Don't take his job, man. Well, there you go. The apology was not good enough for the Niskanen Center, which said in a statement that it appreciates and encourages interesting and provocative online discourse. They say as an organization, the Niskanen Center appreciates and encourages discourse. However, we draw the line at statements that are or can in any way be interpreted as condoning or promoting violence. As such, the Niskanen Center has, with a heavy heart, parted ways with Will Wilkinson. We thank him for his valuable contributions to the organization and wish him success in his future endeavors. Nah, I will never be in favor of someone apologizing and getting canned anyway. I, I, we, we all know the story of Joey Salads. If you're not familiar, he made some really awful YouTube videos. And when he apologized at, at first, I wasn't having it, but I realized, hey, wait a minute, man, this guy's trying to not be the bad guy anymore. I have to accept that. Now I, I talk to Joey, uh, Joey every so often and, and he's really turned around. He makes silly videos and now he pulls pranks on his girlfriends. That's exactly what we need. When someone says something dumb, 
because they've we've we've built for years a culture over hating each other and they realize it's wrong and they apologize. Protect that. So, Will, dude, I think you deserve your job back. I This is disgusting stuff. It is pathetic and spineless of the Niskanen Center to fire this guy. I clearly don't like what he said about Mike Pence. I think it's horrible. And he came out and apologized. And I have tremendous respect for him doing so. And we need to tell people it's okay to be wrong and to apologize. Now, I'll tell you where things are getting real spicy. Look at this. New York Times cancels editor's contract after she tweeted she had chills watching Biden land at Joint Base Andrews. Why? Why? I don't care. What does it even mean that she has chills? Was she scared of Biden? Was she happy about Biden? I think we get it. She likes Joe Biden. All of a sudden now the New York Times is concerned about appearing impartial. This is ridiculous. Give this woman her job back. It's just, you know, it's it's all too far. I don't like cancel culture. I don't care who it's affecting. And this tweet, so what? Look, I know there are problems in journalism. I know there are journalists that are activists, so I get it. But this is this is a bit over the top, isn't it? Well, maybe what's really happening now is that companies like the New York Times are trying to pull things back. Maybe. Maybe it's too late. You know, we've long talked about how these news organizations are infected with the critical race cult. And they're gaining more and more ground. But maybe the real play was to allow it as a weapon to stop Donald Trump. I mean, there are a lot of people, I think, you know, Candace Owens brings it up that the issue of racism pops up just every couple of years right before an election. And then when there's no election, it kind of just disappears and they don't talk about it anymore. Maybe that's what we're seeing now. The whole thing about, you know, Antifa getting a free pass and the AGs defending them was because they needed every single person on the left unified against Trump. And it was all they had. They could not have the infighting. It's interesting uh, how for a while Republicans were unified. I showed the graph over and over again where they were unified around central ideas. Now they're torn apart. Talks of a third party even. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have failed the base. So that's an entirely different issue, to be completely honest. But here's the, here's the story. They say, well, well you, you understand uh, uh, let me just read. The New York Times reportedly canceled an editor's contract after she tweeted she had chills watching Joe Biden land at Joint Base Andrews. Lauren Wolf tweeted on Tuesday. We, we heard this. The pettiness of the Trump admin not sending a military plane to bring him to D.C. as his tradition is mortifying. Childish, she wrote. HuffPost contributor Yasher Ali tweeted later that he'd been told by two sources Wolf had her contract ended over it. Wolf was a senior editor at The Times and edited stories that appeared on its live page. After posting her first tweet, she was roasted by fellow journalists. Wolf hit back, back angrily, saying she was merely excited and interested in historical moments like the transition of power. I respect that. I agree. I agree and respect. Yeah. What does it even mean that she's saying she, have, she has chills? Sure, I get it. There are a lot of comments that were over the top. But I am a fan of moments of history as well. I've been to so many different places during so many different historical moments, and I've collected pieces of them. I have in a box. I lived on the I lived on the street where that Black Lives Matter dude or, you know, they'll probably take uh, take issue with that assassinated two cops. And I walked out of my building one day and there it was just flickering, you know, in the wind, you know, this this police tape. And it was just a piece of garbage attached to a light post that was ripped apart. And I just grabbed it and I was like, I'm going to keep this. It represents this moment. It's a piece of this history. I got the newspaper from St. Louis. I have a golf ball from the California drought, when they were watering golf greens while poor farmers had no water. 
their wells ran dry, and the city was watering golf courses where just across the street, people could not drink. And I found a golf ball on someone's, uh, 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 on the ground, right in front of someone's house. And I thought, how amazing is that? This golf ball was, was hit out of the, out, out of the, you know, the, out of the green or whatever, landed on this poor guy's property, and he's got no water, and they got a green, fresh lawn. It's really amazing, these things. So for her to say something like that, I just don't care, man. I really, really don't. I hope this is not where we're going, where, you know, they're going to start curtailing the internet, shutting down free speech. And I think that's, that, that's the direction it's going it's to head. If you are on the right, this should be scary to you. And that's why it's so important we talk about it. The banning of Antifa. Twitter suspends Antifa accounts with more than 71,000 followers. This should be scary to you. Okay, listen. I don't like Antifa. I think they're lunatics. I think they want to destroy everything. I like the idea of stability. I like the idea of unity. I want to go back to arguing about ideas and fighting for, you know, look, I'm a reformist. I'm not a revolutionary. I, I have problems with the police. Don't defund them. Change them. I believe we succeed because our constitution allows for amendment, though it's probably hard to accomplish these days, and we can reform the system. We have a lot of problems in this country. We are, we are losing our rights, the Constitution. We have to be better. I don't like the idea of revolution because I've seen it. And it leads to chaos and suffering. Everything would be worse. But I'll tell you this. The firing of these journalists, or I shouldn't you know, these individuals from the New York Times. And I think, you know, one guy was a think tank writer. The firing of the, of the guy from the think tank and from the woman from the New York Times is an escalation of cancel culture that I don't want to see. I think people need to develop discipline. If you if you want to uh, work at the New York Times, they should just say, don't do this. If you do, they tell you, don't do it again. If you do it again, they say you have one more chance. And then maybe you let them go, I guess. But I still don't like that either. People have opinions. I like knowing what the journalist's opinions are, because then when they write a story, I can tell if they're framing things improperly. When Antifa gets banned, I'd like to know why. Did they incite violence? Did they call for violence? Honestly, I have no idea what they said. Do they just support left-wing politics? They're allowed to, and I will defend their right to do so. I don't know why Twitter took them down, and I will not support censorship. To be fair, I won't be surprised if these Antifa people were actually inciting violence and organizing, and we might not know what they were doing in direct messages. The problem with removing it, though, is now we don't know. And perhaps these statements should be preserved to a certain degree so that we can know. It's a, it's, it's, it is a tough problem. If some Antifa person says, hey, go do X, and then you say, we're going to leave this up so that people can see what they said, but then their followers literally just go and do the thing they asked for, well, then you've got the problem. But if they just take it down, am I supposed to trust Twitter that they're being honest in their removal of Antifa accounts? No, I won't. I won't trust them. I think Joe Biden was mad that he looked bad because Antifa went out rioting and smashing up Democrat headquarters, and so they took swift action. Censorship. I will not tolerate. There is a line. If you incite someone to violence, if you tell people to go and commit an act, a real immediate action, like if you said, I want you to go do X. Yes, that's a, that's that, 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 that is the line. If you tell someone, you know, I'm going to do X or we should go now do X, you know, that's the line. What this guy tweeted, this Will Wilkinson, he said, Biden, if you wanted to unite the country, he would, you know, then he says lynch Mike Pence, which is ridiculous and insane. And I think that actually doesn't fall into legal. I think he was just on the line of what's illegal and legal, and he was safe in that regard. 
He apologized. It was distasteful. Fine. I get it. I tell you where we go from here, man. They're going to start going after the left. And there may be a gut reaction from many on the right to say you get what you deserve or you reap what you sow. And uh, by all means, by all means, let me tell you this. If you're on the right, sit back, put your feet up, crack open a beer, take a swig and then give yourself a good hearty laugh and then say to these people, welcome to the fight. Now you understand if only you understand understood sooner. But hey, so long as you're here, we could really use your help bailing water, right? You know, it's like the, the way I see it is the ship is sinking. Free speech is paramount. And there were some people on the boat laughing and mocking everybody as the boat sank and they desperately tried bailing water. And then the water started to fill up on their side. And now they're panicking. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. What about us? And then we say, you know what? We're mad at you. But here's a bucket. Start bailing water now. I suppose in this analogy, you'd, you'd have like a, 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 the, the boat is sinking and then one group of people is filling up buckets of water and throwing it onto the boat and laughing about it, thinking everything's fine. And then once they realized all their stuff was destroyed and they started panicking, then we're like, maybe y'all should start bailing water now, too. In order for there to be democracy, as they claim Donald Trump was trying to destroy our democracy, well, we're a constitutional republic with democratically elected representatives, so it's a bit different than that. But I'll tell you what really destroys a system. Ignorance. Straight up ignorance. Think about it this way. Let's say we're all in a bus and the bus is driving towards a cliff and half the people are facing the other direction. And so you've got the bus set up where the seats face each other. So the people all facing back can't see that they're about to drive off a cliff. And the people all facing forward can see the cliff. And then they vote. Should we turn right? And the people facing backwards are like, you guys are nuts. There's no problem here. We're not going to vote to turn the turn because we're fine. And you're screaming in their face. No, what are you doing? We're going to go off a cliff together. How do you get people to turn around? Persuasion. You've got to be peaceful, persuasive and resourceful. And you say, you know what? You're right. These people are all dumb. I mean, just look right there. Nothing's going on. And they go, yeah, you're right. They turn around. "Ah, It's a cliff. And then you change that vote. And then they change their mind. It's not an easy thing to do. And there's going to be a lot of people who will always just laugh because they want the bus to fly off the cliff. They want to go down. They don't they don't want the goodness of this world. They don't do they do not feel empathy for you. They want to watch the world burn. Now, I truly believe most people don't feel that way. I think they just don't know. Everybody thinks is a hero of their own story. So you've, you've got a bus careening towards a cliff. But these people facing the wrong way. They believe the bus is on the fastest route towards peace and harmony. And you can see behind them the cliff. And you're like, dude, we're going down. Now, in the back of this bus, you got people screaming, the end is nigh, we're all going to die, and they're banging their heads. And then these other people are like, these dudes are nuts, man. What is this? Then you've got people who are angry, yelling, you're so dumb. You're going to get us. Do you have any idea? That's not going to help either. And then you've got some dude wearing a nice, you know, polo shirt tucked into his jeans. And he's looking back and he goes, those people are crazy. What are they screaming about? And then the person in front of them is like, I know, right? And they say, just just look ahead. I mean, look, everything's fine. Well, maybe not. Wait, what's that? Calm, persuasive. And then the person takes a look and then says, whoa, you were right. It's not easy to do. It's not. But shutting people up and putting tape over their mouths is not going to solve the problem. You know, I'll tell you this. It's, uh, uh, it's from Game of Thrones. It was Tyrion Lannister who was written to have said this. When you cut on a man's tongue... You are not, uh, what, what is it? I'm, I'm ruining it here. When you cut on a man's tongue, you're not proving him wrong. You're only proving you're scared of what he might say. 
Think about what that means. These journalists, this think tank guy, these Antifa people, they're going to say what they say, and they're going to say it in the shadows. So it's not that you think they're, you, you, you can stop them. No one's going to think that these people are wrong. In fact, you're going to embolden them. Right now, as many of the Q people believe that the plan is still on, they're saying things like, we've never gotten so much attention before. We must be over target. They think, that's what they think. They think, they, they imagine it like a plane flying over the target, the true threat. And so now they're firing back to stop them. That's not the case. It doesn't work that way. It's not that you're over target. It's that there is chaos abound and everyone's talking about it because it is chaotic and crazy. Censoring them was wrong. All it did was embolden them. Let them speak. You know why? When these people are on Twitter saying these things, people can tell them they're wrong. Now they're isolated and no one can. So as for these journalists, as for these writers, as for Antifa, I want to know what they say. I don't know what they think. Censorship ain't the answer. I guess they're getting their comeuppance, but I will not be supporting censorship. Sorry, that's just not what I'm going to do. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. And I've been thinking I might actually move the 4 p.m. segments onto this channel and then actually start putting the clips from the Timcast IRL podcast on the Timcast channel because I think that might just work better all around. I'm not entirely sure. It's, it's a big risk because it could have it could backfire and then viewership goes down. And then maybe I think maybe we just do it. I don't know. Different audiences, right? We'll see how it plays out. The next video will be at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.